Today I want to talk about eating socially after head and neck cancer treatment and the things that I'm going to talk about today are, there are three things that I'm going to talk about today. One is uh, the steps that you need to take to get there, how to conquer anxiety and how to communicate in advance to either the venue or the people that you will be eating socially with. And I think if you told me three years ago when I started my head and neck cancer journey that I would have been eating at my niece's wedding just two weeks ago um, and enjoying a glass of wine, a glass of sparkling, in fact more than one or two glasses, but... um, You know, had you asked me and said, do you think you'll be at this point in three years' time? Uh, You know, there was no way knowing that I thought that I would have been ready to be able to do what I did. Uh, For those that don't know my story, I've had the full gambit. I've had the radiotherapy. I've had the surgery. I've had the chemotherapy. I had a third of my tongue removed and tonsils and tumours and... And I had a peg tube feed uh, in place, inserted, and I had that for 15 months before I managed to transition back to oral eating. And I live now, you know, I reasonably comfortably uh, with oral eating. Uh, and that's because I've had a background in food and a background in coaching and training and helping other people through various subjects and topics in my career and life. So that's what I want to talk about today. Now, this is a new show, uh, and I've entitled this show No Feeding Tubes. And that could mean one of many things to many people, but um, I don't think it's a working title anymore. I think it's (laughs) pretty much set in stone. And uh, I started that title way back when I got the T-shirts printed even. So eating socially was something that was a long-term goal of mine. Uh, I can remember the fear that I felt when my speech pathologist uh, during my uh, intensive care days in hospital sort of looked at me and said, you know, Yvonne, you need to realise that you may have this feeding tube for the rest of your life and I, I can remember the um, the grip of fear that came in and uh, I thought, no way, I, I can't live like that. I, I, I refuse to live like that. And at that point, I, I couldn't swallow my own saliva and they started me uh, the long journey with thickened water. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So right from the get-go, I was always going to get rid of that feeding tube. Uh, You know, I I fainted when I had my ears pierced, so having that feeding tube in was um, a big, big thing for me. So the steps that I undertook to get there... The steps that I took to ensure that I was at my niece's wedding and knowing visually what I could manage in the company of other people, and those people were people that knew me. 
my family, friends, and there were strangers there too from interstate and overseas uh, who didn't know my story. But from the outside, I looked like everybody else. Uh, but I did know that I had to uh, be very selective about what I was eating. I did try a couple of things that just didn't work, but mostly it was pretty good. Uh, I'm always upfront with people about my situation. I do explain to people that I can't eat, talk, breathe at the same time. Uh, I've got to do one or the other. Uh, I'm getting better at it, but mostly... I've got to commit to doing one or the other, not all three. And, you know, I do find that conversations become a bit stilted because of it or, of course, I end up uh, launching into the head and neck cancer saga journey. Um, (laughs) So I do, as a way of ensuring that uh, people are have empathy, I guess, and and have an understanding. I'm up front with them about my situation and um, I find that helps a lot. So that's the first thing that I made sure I did was uh, I'm up front and I talk to people about my situation and it took me a long time to get the confidence to do that. I I thought initially in the first stages I'm just going to hide this until I'm better. Uh, I soon learnt that mm, better comes in stages and better wasn't happening quite as quickly as I'd anticipated that it was going to. So the stages um, to get there, uh, being up front was the first one. Having a goal, having a plan, I knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to get back to business meetings. I wanted to get back to drinking wine and not making the head and neck cancer treatment the priority of the conversation. You know, I wanted to be able to talk about other things. And as my healing journey has gone on, my speech has certainly got better, and I've practised. You know, doing this um, is a really big help. Uh, I live uh, on my own, so I don't necessarily talk to people. Uh, I can go full days without talking to people if I'm not careful. So practice, 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 and that applies to speech and to eating and swallowing. Um, there's a lot of anxiety around eating socially and, again, being prepared and researching takes away a bit of that anxiety and uh, I think when I first started you know there's always the coffee meetings but I also try to go out and have um, eggs with my friends and other people or just make sure that I'm eating something that I know I can manage whether that's soup with the crusts off a bit of sourdough bread or Um, pasta I do struggle with but I'm getting better at that Um, a lot of Asian cuisine I can manage so to remove that anxiety I did a lot of practice at home with different food types so that I could go out and confidently eat something and um, you know 
have a bit of diversity in what I could do and know that I've, I've even managed to get it down to the fact that I know I can have a conversation whilst eating cream of pumpkin soup or uh, ribolletto soup or um, some of the Asian soups that have dumplings in it. I can manage that, hold a conversation and uh, continue to breathe chew and swallow and most importantly not aspirate so that anxiety is a big one uh, again I tend to tell people what's happened to me and you know I to this point I've never met anybody who's had an issue with it um, the only time and it's just been recently when I realized that I'd lost my filter um, I was in a very busy room and I didn't stay, but that was more of a COVID issue. Uh, I also had a quick look at the hors d'oeuvres that they had on a tray in the middle of the room and I knew immediately that I was never going to manage that because it would have got stuck to my gums, my teeth, uh, or got lodged somewhere in the radiation scarring internally. Um, so... Pretty often, though, I you know I just get support around eating. So you know, being upfront, and I, I'm really uh, just honest with people about what I can and can't do. And the longer this goes on, I find that the anxiety becomes less and less because I am honest with people, and I'm really clear about what I can and can't do in social situations. And I've also got um, packed with me. Uh, the tools that I need and that might be just a little mouth uh, care pack so it's always got tissues and floss uh, Christmas trees I call them the little rubber dental cleaners uh, a mirror and uh, I know that I can discreetly keep things in and clean things up as I need to communicating in advance is the third thing so the first thing is having a plan and the steps to get there. Getting that anxiety conquered and doing that is being prepared and having uh, things with you that will reduce your anxiety and you can manage the situation with some of the things that you have on you. And that third thing is communicating in advance. Now, if I'm going to a restaurant or I'm going uh, to a workshop for work, and I will just say this, you know, going out with your family and friends or if you're in my, like my situation where you have to go out for work, that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, and I find that there's not a lot of people talking about how the hell do you manage this when you're still working? You know, I know the age range for this particular type of cancer tends to be you know, 50 plus or and thereabouts where people have resigned or retired from work. But, you know, I, I'm a long way from that and I have to keep working, keep talking, keep eating in environments. So communicating in advance with venues, restaurants and if need be, the people that I'm working with. Hey, you need to know that... Um, this is my scenario, this is my situation and these are the things that really help me out uh, whilst we're eating out and about socially. So that's today's uh, topic.
for my new show. This is my very first podcast episode and uh, they will probably get a lot better as I get into it. But I think uh, one of my skills is talking and one of my skills is telling stories. So I'm hoping that this is a medium whereby I can reach more ears and help more people start to live their best food life following head and neck cancer treatment. What I talk about is a lived experience and I think, you know, unless you've been through this, uh, it's really hard for professionals to to guide you sometimes because they they simply haven't been through it themselves. And uh, I'm here to fill in those gaps and hopefully I'll talk about a range of topics that um, mean something to you and uh, today was the day that I decided that I'd start off with um, eating socially which is a long-term goal and there's a myriad of steps that you need to take between now and then uh, to make that goal a reality. So I'm Yvonne McLaren, this is No Feeding Tubes and I do hope I get to enjoy your company at my next episode and at this stage I'm aiming for one episode a week. If I get two in, um, then yay. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Look forward to uh, hearing some of your comments or hearing what you've got to say below.